Welcome to the Only at Craig podcast. I'm Rachel Fisher, an internal communications specialist at Craig. I'm Tyler Smith, Craig's media production specialist, and we're your hosts. On this podcast, we share interesting, sometimes unbelievable, and often humorous stories about the history and culture of Craig. This month, we rounded up one of Craig's wild cards. This person is a relative newbie to Craig, having started three years ago, but he's already had a big impact on our hospital. He also has a semi-hidden talent that ties in really well to a few activities that occur in July. Honestly, we were just looking for a reason to get him on the show because we thought a lot of staff would want to learn more about him. So when we realized that July wraps up the World Series of Poker and the last week of the month is Shark Week, we knew we had the perfect excuse to invite him on the podcast. Yes, we're talking about Dan Frank, Craig's chief financial officer who sidelines as a poker player and has even played in the World Series of Poker. If that sounds like an oxymoron to you, don't worry, it did for us too. Right. And if you're also sitting there thinking, what does Shark Week have to do with poker? All will be revealed a bit later. But first, it's time for an icebreaker. So the first two episodes, Rachel was the one that came up with all the questions. So I thought it would be my turn to come up with all the questions. So we have some uh, random trivia that you two get a guess on. Uh, So the first one is, what do you think are the odds of a royal flush? What do you think the odds are? Gosh. I might let Dan take this one and then just <laughs> piggyback <laughs> onto his answer. I'll say um, 5,000 to one. Okay, I'll go 20,001. 649,740 to one Jeez. of getting the Royal Flush. All right. Bigger number now. How many seven card combinations are in Texas Hold'em? Oh, psh. Seven card combinations. It's got to be several million, right? Yeah. Uh, 10 million. Uh, 300 million. You should have stuck with your gut there. There are around 133 million possible seven card combinations. Wow. Uh, Texas Hold'em, you actually can't play uh, in Texas, I found out. (laughs) Uh, Poker rooms are ruled illegal in Texas. Interesting. There's loopholes and everything, and you can be on Indian reservations and really and play poker. Not poker rooms, those are illegal in Texas. Very interesting. And then when was the first online poker game played date? Online, like between a computer and a human or humans. between humans? Okay. Yep. Um, I'll say 1972. Oh, wow. I'm going to go later and say 1996. Oh, Rachel was closer. January 1st, 1998. Yes. For real, first real money online poker oh, game. Oh, real money. Oh. <laughs> right. I that I, I affected your answer, right? <laughs> How many teeth does a great white shark go through in its lifetime? Oh, uh, I feel like I've watched a Discovery Channel series that explain this, but I still don't remember. Uh, 300. 12,000. Wow. 50,000 in a lifetime. Jeez. I guess that's why you're always finding like shark teeth on the beach because there's the whole ocean floor is just the treasure trove of shark Shark teeth. teeth, Apparently. What shark can see 360 degree vision around them? Hammerhead. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I was yep. going to go, I don't That's know what it. it is, but they go, I'm like pointing in opposite directions. Yep. <laughs> and then last one, what is a shark's sixth sense? Echolocation. Oh, that's good. I'm going to, yep. It's close. Oh. Uh, electricity. They have mm. like pores and they can feel the electricity and temperature rises and 
It's crazy. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. Crazy, crazy. Well, thank you for starting us off, Tyler, with those facts uh, or trivia. And, and so with that, let's introduce this month's guest. Dan, welcome to the Only at Craig podcast. And thank you. I say introduce, but really, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Dan Frank. I'm the chief financial officer here at Craig. I've been here for about three and a half years, but I have over 30 years of healthcare financial experience up and down the front range. So I'm just thrilled to be here. Craig's a wonderful place. Okay. So something that would be surprising to all of the staff at Craig Hospital is that you are an adamant poker player. Nearly every day. Whoa. Okay. That's really cool. um, Online poker is illegal in the United States, except for certain states. Technically, huh. it is illegal in the state of Colorado. So how do you get around? You said online gaming isn't allowed here. Can you share this? But you said you play every night. Is it online or mm-hmm. are you at liberty to say? AmericasCardroom.eu. Okay. <laughs> Sponsored by. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, there's so many loopholes of everything. You could just VPN to Delaware. And then true. play from Delaware. That's very or true. Or whatever. So. so if you ever want to do that, maybe make friends with our IT department. I okay. guess is the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. And I have cashed out and they'll send me a check written from a Canadian bank. But Oh, wow. Yeah, it works. That's fascinating. So how, when did you start playing poker? Well, I started in high school, but we were playing crazy high school games. You know, AC Ducey, One-Eyed Jacks, Man with the Axe, you know, all sorts of crazy Man high school games. Axe. There's oh, a lot we of didn't cool play that in my there. high school. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I started playing in earnest when we moved from Littleton, and I took a job up at Longmont United Hospital up in Longmont, Colorado. And we moved to a new neighborhood, and I didn't know anybody. And my wife is a woodworker, and she built me a poker table. Wow. And that encouraged me to get to know all the guys in the neighborhood. And we started a regular poker game with people in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and it was a great way to meet people and to this day those are some of my closest friends and we still play even though i live in denver now we still play probably once every couple of months up in longmont that's awesome what were the stakes like someone has to cook dessert for the winner for a month or was it actually monetary no it was monetary (laughs) Uh, we would play three turbo no limit hold'em tournaments a night so the most you could ever lose is sixty dollars and it's nice to have sort of a cap. Mm-hmm. Nobody's yeah. going to try to lose their their uh, mortgage money. Right. Um, but having some skin in the game was important to make sure that people took it seriously. And at first, my friends uh, in the neighborhood, they were terrible. And so it was quite <laughs> lucrative. <laughs> Over the years, they got much better. And now it okay. is a, a very level playing field. Okay. Do you still feel like you've you've come ahead? If you were to tally everything together. Oh, yeah. Those first few years were great. <laughs> you really put <laughs> a sense in savings. In. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. So what do you like about poker beyond just raking in the savings on your poor schleps of neighbors? <laughs> you know, it's first and foremost competition. And I've always loved playing games. And I enjoy competition, especially when there's an element of skill to it. Mm-hmm. Um And I say an element of skill because there's both skill and luck associated with the Mm -hmm. game. And so you can play everything perfectly and still lose. You can do everything wrong and still win. But the odds will be in your favor if you know what you're doing. So the competition, first and foremost, um, and the 
honestly, the, the fact that when I go to Las Vegas to play, theoretically, I can play against the world's best players. So the end of the month is Shark Week, last week of July. And what do you think when you hear the term card shark? Because I've heard it's good and bad. So what, what's your take on card shark? You know, I think that's a term of endearment. I think that's a term <laughs> of respect. Yeah. Um, I know that it can have negative implications towards cheating, mm-hmm. which does exist, but is not as prevalent in the lower stakes games that I play. Mm. When you're playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars, there's some pretty sketchy characters. When you're playing one, three, no limit, uh, there's not a lot of cheating going on. So I take that as a term of respect that if you're a card shark, uh, you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're aggressive and you are active in taking people's money from them. <laughs> I like it. Yep. So gambling and financial management don't seem like they would go hand in hand, but has it helped you with your role as a CFO? I think it has. I think some of the traits that make people successful playing poker are the same as the ones that generate success in the business community. Uh, the first and foremost is having an analytical mind, mm-hmm. trying to analyze data that's incomplete. And that's really the nature of mm-hmm. poker is you've got incomplete data. You know what you have, you know what the cards are on the table, you don't know what your opponent has. And I think working with incomplete data is a really useful tool. And I think the other thing that's very useful is being observant. Um, When you're playing cards, a lot of times there's a temptation to ignore the hands you're not playing. And that's a real lost opportunity Mm. because you can learn a lot about the person at the other side of the table just by watching them, how they respond to different threats, how they respond when uh, things are going well and when things are not going well. And so I think the skills of observation come in handy in a lot of life circumstances. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was just thinking is like this and not just your job, but like just life in general, walking out on the street, going home, talking to your wife and all these things that just there's so many approaches to life that can be learned from the skills of poker. So being present all the time, looking for pieces of information that you can use to your advantage. And conversely, so it sounds like you look for other people's cues, you know, whether it's their body language or what they're saying or what they're not saying. How's your poker face? Are you really good at uh, concealing what's going through your brain? Is, is there a reason you're only online? Yeah. <laughs> and what about those budget meetings? <laughs> How does that go for you? Interestingly, my poker face, um, I know that when I sit down at a table, it's terrible because I'm excited to be there. No. And over time, it gets better. The longer I sit, the better my poker face is. Um, Hmm. as it relates to budget meetings, I don't really need a poker face. I can pretty much just tell people what's on my mind. That's good. Now, I think it really does apply when we're doing things like managed care contract negotiation, where you want to provide some information, but not complete information to the other team. And they're doing the same thing. And it's a dance. It's a negotiation. And having skills related to observation are definitely come in handy. Mm -hmm. Understanding when to push, understanding when to give. uh, I think that really generates positive outcomes for contract skills. What's it like at a poker table? What's going through your uh, mind when you're going up against someone? I mean, you're really just playing the dealer, right? 
No, absolutely not. Mm. You're playing the other players. Um, and this is one of the games where the house does take a small cut from every pot, but unlike blackjack or craps, you're really taking or giving money to the other players around the table. And so that's where the competition comes into play. And that's where some of the gamesmanship comes into play as well. You see, you have a lot of characters that are trying to put you off your game. They're trying to upset you. They're trying to, they're, they're trying to make you uncomfortable. Mm. And as a result, you have to really fight the urge to retreat. You have to be aggressive and you have to take the game to them and not be passive. So it's exciting to know that they're, is a person-to-person element to this, that you are competing against the person sitting across the table from you uh, and not just playing against the house. When I was doing all the trivia for the icebreaker, I read that um, men and women can enter each other's World Series of Poker events. So men can be in the women's, women can be in the men's. One woman got to like top 10 or something and she only looked at her cards once the entire time. That is a mean poker face. So it sounds like it's really, and from what you're saying, Tyler, and you're saying, Dan, it's more just about understanding people than it is the cards in front of you a lot of the time. I would say it's as much about understanding people as the cards. Um, that is an interesting story. It sounds a little <laughs> yeah, like that. There needs to be some uh, fact <laughs> yeah. checked out. Checking right. On that or one. was she cheating in some yeah. other way? <laughs> <laughs> so I just went on an adventure trip to Montana and poker nights with all the patients and staff that come along we always get together and then they have poker nights uh in the recreation room in the east building have you ever thought about doing dealing down there or anything or any tips that you can spare for patients i would love to participate in that i had no idea they were doing it they were there it's gonna start being picked up because it was canceled all throughout covid but now i think they're gonna start picking that up and i think they need some dealers so that's great sign me up i don't know i it can't be money i don't think so but uh, yeah, let's let's get you in contact with Tom Carr, right? Great. And get you set up. So transitioning away a little bit from poker, do you have any other hidden talents that you'd like to reveal? So like, can you touch your toes? Can you recite a ridiculous amount of numbers in pi? Which I hope you can, right? You're in finance? No, only oh, about shoot. 10. I got uh, three, so. 3.1415926653589789 I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> um I really I can't think of any other hidden talents. I love music and I attend as many concerts as I possibly can every year. And do you play as well? I play a lot of instruments very poorly. Perfect. But you know, can is it kind of just like the more it piles on, the more instruments you play, the better <laughs> it sounds? No, they're all terrible. <laughs> terrible. My kids are are musically inclined, and I really love listening to them play. But once again, many instruments very poorly. I mean, but I feel like it could still be entertaining. So maybe for the holidays thing, we just sit you in a room with <laughs> all these instruments and have you play. Or just have the entire executive team. There we go. Come up with an act. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, Jendel has been singing for the last couple of years. So, so you can just, just get, be to get the whole team on like the yeah. LA. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Awfully good. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about a not so hidden talent managing Craig's finances. As someone who has much more of a creative than an analytical brain, that seems like a tough responsibility. What does your day to day job tend to look like? 
managing the finances, I think, is all about priorities. Um, we have to prioritize patient care above all else. Mm-hmm. And we need to find a way to finance that. We need to find a way to fund that. And so trying to get creative with ways to create revenue streams so that we can improve the lives of our patients is my number one priority. Other organizations are not nearly as mission-driven as Craig. And as a result, sometimes their priorities get out of line and patient care becomes priority 1B Mm. or priority 1C and the finances take priority over everything. And I've been in organizations like that. They still deliver quality care, but not the way that Craig does it. And so my job is to figure out a way that we can continue to provide the kind of care that we are known for and still generate positive margins so that we can invest in programs for the future. What's the number one favorite part of your job? Knowing that I'm helping to advance this incredible mission because what we have here is special. What we have here is something to be preserved and something to be cherished and something to be strengthened for future generations. Uh, Why, Craig? Obviously the mission, but what about the mission speaks to you so profoundly? The fact that we are an independent organization means that we can direct the work that we do on behalf of our patients. We are not beholden to a home office or a corporate office. Every decision that relates to the treatment at Craig is made here at Craig Mm -hmm. by a relatively small group of people. And that is something to be treasured. And it's so very rare right now in the healthcare marketplace. When the former CFO here, called me and said, Dan, I'm planning on retiring and I think you should apply for the job. I jumped at the opportunity because organizations like this don't exist everywhere anymore. There are very few of them left in the Colorado market in particular. And so our independence is something to be vigorously defended. And I look forward to doing that. What's interesting to me is we're all administration roles or admin non non-clinical basically you could say how do you overhead or over (laughs) well that's a comforting thought (laughs) how do you feel that family vibe then when you're not on you know the floors and patient rooms every day I feel like and this is something I noticed too it it probably is so easy for nurses and, and therapists to understand what we do every day for our patients how do you ensure that you're feeling a part of that as well you know I've always felt like I play a really supportive role to our caregivers and our clinicians, that my work helps them do their work. And I've always believed that, that the better I do my job, it frees them up to do their job Mm -hmm. and to really um, provide excellent care for patients. But at Craig, they take it a step further. Just walking around the hallways, treatment is happening everywhere. It's happening in the hallways. It's happening in the gyms. It's happening outside. I, I sit on One East and my window looks out to the courtyard between One East and patient family housing. Mm-hmm. We see a tremendous amount of treatment that happens out there. And it is really rewarding to know that despite the fact that I don't lay hands on patients, which is a good thing for the patients, by the way, <laughs> that I am supporting these roles so that our amazing clinicians and caregivers are able to do their jobs without worrying about the administrative and financial functions of the organization. It's a really good way of looking at it. Well, I always look forward to uh, your talking points on all the all staff meetings and 
I mean, just in the last one, it, you just make it so much easier to understand. But there is one all staff meeting that mm-hmm. I want to get some updates on. Um, you had several aspirations for Craig's future, and I just I just want to make sure that we come back to these. So the first one, uh, this was during December's grand round. So under business development, you wrote, make us so wildly known that even more hospitals add the word Craig to their name. Mm-hmm. Is there any update with progress with that How's one? How's that going? That's on pause right now. <laughs> oh, no. Why? <laughs> <laughs> we have yet to conquer the world, but we're working on it. Okay. Okay. Um, under admissions, your recommendation was to go Willy Wonka and quadruple all beds so that average daily census breaks 320. Well, we've got a long wait list. If we went toe-to-toe in some of these beds, I mean, think of the number of patients we could treat. <laughs> now, do you recommend that as a strategy for us? I do. <laughs> Thankfully, there are cooler heads on the executive team that have vetoed that, but I'm still pushing. Did Jen Dunn know all these aspirations before you put them in? No. So she was just right as after delighted. she was like, okay, calm down, everybody. 320 was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> Unless you're Dan Frank, yeah. and then then maybe not a joke. <laughs> uh, the last two for information technology, your, your stretch goal was that we aspire to defeat the matrix and free humanity from the machines. This is all just a simulation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what is reality, anyways? Yeah. Yeah. And under strategic planning, I'm sure Chuck was involved in this one. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you suggest that we use officers and soldiers to capture the opponent's flag. Yeah, I misrepresented that. That's the game of Stratego. No, you actually put that in there. We took it out of the questions. And what was delightful is you had the little corporate, like, copyright it was perfect. C. The like, trademark. Yeah. It was so great. you very well represented it. <laughs> so this, this podcast is all about fun. And I mean, Craig is just full of fun and family. And. Uh, just getting to the heart of um, the mission statement here. What are other unique or quirky aspects of Craig that you've seen or you've heard of that um, that you just say to yourself like that could only happen at Craig? I was blown away the first time I attended a Halloween celebration mm, here. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I was prepared people had told me that oh yeah we really celebrate hard here for halloween and i had no idea to what extent they really meant um and it is just a day full of joy and i look forward to it all year long we're already talking about what our uh what our costumes costumes are going to be for next year because we need to win the (laughs) it research and administration department thought we had the best costume ideas last I year. I personally voted for Guy Fieri. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so, I'm do you, sorry. Do you still wear that occasionally? You know, the embarrassing part is that I didn't have to go out and buy any of that outfit. It's true. <laughs> you had the wig too? The wig I had oh, to buy. shoot. Yeah. I wish you would have said, nope, <laughs> I got it in a closet. <laughs> but I had the dice shirt. I had the bulky well, bracelets. Awesome. I had the glow-in-the-dark flame shoes. <laughs> Those, that was part of my wardrobe. I think you the, didn't do it for like a gag. You didn't purchase them as another gag joke. Like you oh really, no, no. Really I used to wear those okay. at uh, during our our trips to Las Vegas. Oh, oh, yeah, it, makes it, sense. See, it comes full circle. Yeah. So Halloween, I think, is one of those moments on everyone's brain where you just think of culture and you think Craig immediately. And we have an awesome Halloween episode coming up, so stay tuned. But any other moments where you were maybe just walking by and you saw. I don't know, one of our metallic flamingos or just something odd that you're like, oh, only at Craig. 
This was in 2019. So the first year that I was here, I saw someone went up to the top of the parking garage and as part of therapy for a brain injured patient, they were throwing pumpkins off of the top of the garage. <laughs> what is it about October? The one next I'm to uh, patient family housing? Exactly. Totally safe, right? It's like, well, that's a form of therapy. And uh, it promotes range of motion and coordination. And I thought, that's genius. <laughs> Were they playing Smashing Pumpkins in the background? And was everything blocked off down below? Yes. Yeah, like, that's yes, probably the more important yeah. question. <laughs> yes, it was. So anything else you'd like to say as we kind of wind down the interview about poker, life, Craig? What is the secret to life as, um, what is that? What's that book? Something about the galaxy. Oh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, it's always what? 42. It's always 42. I think the secret to life is to try to find the fun in whatever it is that you're doing. And one of the things that makes Craig great is that we can find the fun in therapy. We can find the fun in recovery. We can find fun in anything that we do. And that spirit really pervades this organization. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I just love being here. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, I have learned throughout the years, especially having a couple of kids who are now mm -hmm. grown and out of the house, is I need to try to say yes to as many things as I possibly can. Uh, that's where the joy in life comes in. And so I try to say yes to as much as I can. That's a great philosophy. Unless someone asks you to say yes to like getting into a pit of snakes, <laughs> then maybe reassess <laughs> your path. life. But uh, And we had heard that you had a, a fun sense of humor. Did, did it really come to get to get its chance to shine, let's just say, when you came to Craig, or have you always found ways to just bring humor to, to Craig? I think I use humor as a way to break the ice, to um, break the tension. Um, a lot of times people are just not comfortable talking about finances and mm -hmm. budgets and when we're not doing as well and when we're doing well, um, they're concerned about the CFO being in the room. And I like to use humor to put people at ease. To say, look, we are all here for the same reason, and that's to keep Craig strong for the next generation. So let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's try to have a little bit of fun. All right. So I got a final question for you. Um, Jake Manley wanted me to ask you this. Can you tell us all about the South Park cartoon version of yourself? <laughs> so it's my avatar on all social media platforms. There's uh -huh. a website out there called Fiverr where you can pay somebody $5 and they'll create something for you. And so I created a South Park that I sent them a picture of myself and they created a South Park avatar that looks a whole lot like me. Now it's not hard to do because South Park is pretty crudely drawn, <laughs> but if you look at it closely enough and squint your eyes just a little bit, you can mm -hmm. say that's Dan. Tilt your head to the side some. Yeah. Are you wearing your, uh, dice shirt? No, 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 it's oh. much more generic than that. For $5, you yeah. know, you can't demand too much. Yeah. But still, would it be one of the best $5 you've ever spent, would you Absolutely. say? Absolutely. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you for all the stories and all the uh, life uh, lessons that you've given us today. We just thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's it for today, but we'll be back next month to hear about one of the amazing programs we offer here at Craig. Therapeutic Recreations Adventure Program. 